A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Australia has secured a resounding victory here in Delhi over the Netherlands. 309 runs in total. They've won by tonight and there was plenty of fireworks with the bat and then it all happened pretty quickly with the ball. My name is Josh Shonafinger. I'm at Aaron Jaitley Stadium with Louis Cameron who joins us for the match recaps for the first time this tournament. Louis, welcome and uh, what a way to start. Yeah, good uh, good one to get off the mark. A bit of a soft landing for me, really, here in Delhi. I mean, the last time I was here, it was uh, carnage during the Test Series. That's right, yeah. Australia threw away a, a chance at a Test Series win in India. Much happier today. 309 win, record World Cup winning margin up there in terms of all-time winning margins. I mean, go to way, it was, um, it was pretty comprehensive from Australia. Australia won the toss and Pat Cummins chose to bat. It was a good decision. Even though they lost Mitch Marsh early for nine, David Warner scored a magnificent century. His second in a row, 104 off 93 balls he finished with. Half centuries to Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne gave that middle order a really strong look. But then it was Glenn Maxwell who dominated at the end of the innings, despite only coming in to bat at the end of the 39th over. He finished with a 106 of 44 balls with nine fours and eight sixes. It got Australia up to eight for 399, and that was always going to be way too much. But we didn't think it was going to be so much that they would win by over 300 runs. There just wasn't much resistance from the Dutch batting. Mitchell Stark got the first one, and then they all really chimed in. Hazelwood got one, Cummins got one. Marsh got a couple bowling, given that Marcus Stoinis was out today, and Adam Zampa cleaned up the tail with four for eight from three overs, all out for 90 in 21 overs and uh, certainly our earliest finish of the tournament so far. Surely they're all like this. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, this I think, I think it was over before 8.30pm. Crazy, uh, it's, crazy it's just, stuff. Just before 9.30 now. But, I mean, we've just got to talk about Glenn Maxwell. Why don't we do that for the next 10 minutes? Because even though he only batted for, you know, probably half an hour, 40 minutes, <laughs> definitely under an hour, uh, it was spectacular. same ground and the same pitch as Aidan Markram set the record not long ago. Maxwell has obliterated it. It was funny because we, I mean, we all watched it. Uh, we all saw him get out first ball, didn't we, against uh, Pakistan? We did, yes, yep. Uh, and he looked so, as he just put in the press conference just now, over aroused for that moment. You could tell he'd watched his 259 run partnership and was itching to kind of get out there. Uh, this time he had a bit, I mean, equal amount of time to kind of watch, but he was clearly in a state where he was, he was just going to play it differently, and it was he, he, like he didn't slog from ball. He didn't try to hit his first ball for six. He actually played three beautiful kind of straight and off drives to uh, to kind of get going with boundaries. Um, so it's incredible that you can go into an innings like that. I mean, only Glenn Maxwell could do this. He'd go into an innings where he's trying to settle himself down, and he ends up with the fastest century in World Cup history. Well, as you said, Glenn Maxwell did the post-match press conference, of course, after his 40-ball ton, and he said that he was also not feeling that great this morning. Why don't we cross to him and listen to what he said about not really even wanting to bat today? How, how sick were you? Yeah, not great. <laughs> I've got to admit, I was sitting in the change room and I didn't really want to bat. Um, 
which is a bit different to last game where I was like so way too eager to get out there. And then we talked about over arousal levels and I probably reached double maximum, if you couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit more chilled uh, when I got out there. I wasn't, didn't have many high hopes, I think. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty quick the last couple of days. Coincided with the sleepless night last night with the, with the family over, but um, yeah, probably new. Yeah, so Maxi has just become a father just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, uh, they welcomed their first child, uh, Logan Maverick, into the world. And so they've just arrived in India. Uh, not much sleep there for the all-rounder last night, but it didn't make a difference. 40 balls it took him to get his century, which is the fastest in World Cup history. That was set only earlier this tournament, in fact, by Aidan Markram's 49-ball century against Sri Lanka. But only 18 days later, it was broken, and Maxwell was hitting them to all corners of the ground. A lot of reverse hits, a lot of big smashes over cow corner. Louis, uh, yeah, where do you want to start with uh, recapping the ball by ball, maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, it was touching for Glenn Maxwell to name his son after Netherlands paceman Logan Van Beek, <laughs> of course, um, who bowled one of those balls early on. So he kind of got off the mark, you know, or got going with those three consecutive boundaries uh, down the ground, or three early boundaries, and then he just kind of. These shots he was playing, these reverse sweeps he was playing was just incredible. So the first one off Baz Delead, I think, was he, he just kind of said in the press conference he was expecting a, a shorter ball into the wicket. It was actually full and at his leg stump and he still hit it for six over, you know, way backward point. Uh, and then they they went back to bowling short at him. Van Beek and Van Meeker and both went short at him and he, he just kind of reverse pulled them for six. And by that point he was just going. I mean, it took him 27 balls to reach his first 50. Pretty slow by comparison with what was to come. 13 more balls to get to triple figures. 27 plus 13 makes 40. I'm yeah, that's, sure right. that's right. Yeah. yeah, my math isn't great. Um, but that's what I had in my match report, so I hope that's right. It's correct, yes. Um, he scored all but eight of the 103 runs he put on with... Pat Cummins. So Pat Cummins made eight in a four, eight, 103 run partnership. Just kind of let that, um, you know, settle for a little bit. I mean, it was it was bonkers. Like even going into the uh, two overs to go, he needed 25 more to get to his 100. So you kind of think, oh, look, he's an outside chance. He might get there. It took him five balls. Four, only four of them were legal. One of them went over the uh, scoreboard, which is an enormous hit. Uh, kind of to the longer side of the, the ground, the way they had it set up today. Uh, and then Baz Delead bowled another um, full toss. And we can talk, you know, for, for him to, to go to his 100. He had the baby, rocked the baby celebration. Uh, he just looked a bit exhausted with, um, you know, with, with how he'd done it. But um, we can talk a little bit about Netherlands tactics and, and about them today as well. Uh, because I thought they, you know, they had a pretty good crack, and they, until Maxwell got in, he didn't face the the other stat here is he didn't face a ball until the forty first over. So they had five fielders out for the entirety of his innings. Nuts, crazy stuff, and we were lucky to be able to see that live. As you said, the Dutch, you know, they kept control of things mm. for the most part for those first forty overs. Australia were only going at a touch over six runs and over when we got to the forty over mark, and they'd lost five wickets. So it's not like they, it, things had got out of hand. If they got one or two more wickets during that Cummins-Maxwell partnership, you know, you're looking at chasing a score of around 300. Unfortunately, on the flip side, Maxwell clicked, uh, unlike against Pakistan a few days ago, he clicked tonight, and, uh, yeah, 400 was the total in the end 
for the Netherlands. Uh, who were the best bowlers for the Dutch? Well, Logan van Beek was excellent with four for 74, but there wasn't a whole lot else to look at. Uh, Baz De Leder, who we have mentioned a few times tonight, he's broken Adam Zampa. And he's Mick, done a Mick Lewis. And Mick Lewis's He's record. gone two better. He has, he has. So 115 he conceded from his 10 runs. That is the most ever conceded in a men's ODI. And uh, even though it took 17 years to... Uh, for someone to match Mick Lewis's effort in South Africa all those years ago, Adam Zampers has only lasted about a month. So I'm sure Zamps will be very happy with that. He would be, yeah. And he picked up a few wickets later on in the end, which we can kind of talk about, but it was also a little bit beyond uh, relevance by that point. I was pretty impressed. I mean, everyone talks about this Netherlands team being really tactically astute and we've all seen the, um, the note pads, you know, little bits of um, tactical stuff scrawled on bits of paper. Um, Normally coming, shoved in Scott Edwards's pocket. Exactly, yeah. And coming from a um, you know an analyst who apparently doesn't has, doesn't actually travel with the team, he's you know somewhere else, um, and kind of feeding it into him from afar. So they and they have to do that right because they don't have the talent, they don't have the capabilities of these other teams. So I think they're thinking about matchups the whole time, and that kind of manifested in Arian Dot opening the bowling. We know he's he's done that all tournament. He's had a fantastic. Uh, economy rate through the tournament, especially in the power play. I think your stat, Josh, was that he's the second most e- economical bowler yeah. in the power play at this World Cup behind Jasper Boomerah. That's right. Before tonight, of course, I think uh, Josh Hazelwood has gone ahead of him now after his performance, but he's been terrific so far and that was what Australia would have seen and I reckon they targeted him tonight. They did, yeah. So they went after him. Uh, Colin Ackerman also opened the bowling from the other end, so that was an interesting one with two off spinners mm. opening up. Um, clearly they didn't want to bowl pace too early or they almost like they wanted to burgle a few overs, yeah. I think, to, to the openers who um, can do a bit of damage. And then the other tactical move was to not bowl Roloff and to move to probably the 25th or probably at least the halfway point of the Australian innings. And that was because Warner was going so strong and you could tell they didn't want to bowl the left-arm spinner to the left-hand batter where he's hitting with the spin. Eventually they just had to bowl him to Warner anyway because you know Warner was just swanning along. And um, so you could tell there's some really solid tactical thoughts. And I, and I think up to the 40th over, um, they were pretty solid. I mean, but the, the where Australia got on top of them was, as you mentioned, Arian Dutt not being economical um, and also Baz Delete. I mean, he's the guy who, yes, he can go for a few runs, but he normally takes wickets through those middle overs. Um, and he's, you know, very specifically a middle overs bowler, but that just took him apart tonight. Well, yeah, you mentioned David Warner, his second century in a row. It means that he's now got six at the World Cup. Only Rohit Sharma in the history of the World Cup has got more now than David Warner. Where does he now sit in the echelon of great Aussie batters? Back-to-back ones here, century in 2019. He got one in 2015 as well, so across three tournaments. When we're looking at ODI batters across history, where does David Warner now sit? He's climbing that list. Certainly, yeah. I mean, it's him and Ricky Bonting, really, when you look at the great 50-over batters um, ever and then when you add in Warner's T20 stuff um, both domestically and internationally you know it's a fair case to say he's the best white ball batter Australia's ever had I think um, that's the kind of conversation we're having with him now two centuries in a row in this tournament obviously the, the you know 163 against Pakistan so you can kind of get on a roll in these tournaments when um, you know games back to back and um, when you're in good form this is where you're when you want to be hitting um, top gear, he was he was fantastic tonight, and um, he he slowed up a little bit though, and it was it was interesting how he kind of had to fight yeah. through the, the back end of his innings. So his last twenty seven runs came in sixteen overs. I had to double check that stat because it kind of just seems wild for a guy who scores so quickly. 
and uh, he just faced 35 balls out of a possible 97. For, so for the last 97 balls that he was at the crease, either at the non-striker's end or at the striker's end, he only faced 35 of them. That was while Manus Labuschagne played the fastest innings of his career. So it was almost like Manus's uh, speed and you know maybe controlling the strike a little bit um, stopped him a little bit, but uh, you know still a, a massive hand for for him. Apologies if there is a bit of noise coming through the effects. Everyone's mic packing here. down, aren't they? Couldn't they just wait until we're done? I know. Very rude of all the radio boxes to pack up on us. Uh, it's going to be a tough call now for the Australian selectors after minus Labuschagne's performance tonight. Yeah, 60 runs in uh, not many balls. That was the spot that we were thinking Travis Head was going to take if he does come in for the next match against New Zealand. Now they might have another think. Stoinis didn't play today. He was out with a calf soreness complaint this morning, which meant Cameron Green came in. So there's another potential spot that the head could slide into. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, we didn't see um, Cameron Green bowl tonight, you know, in that, that other spot. I think Mitch Marsh, they kind of – he ended up with two wickets. Um, they kind of see him as that nice outswing new ball bowler, as we kind of saw during the Ashes a bit, rather than, you know, Stoinis and Green maybe more bash the wicket a bit quicker, that death kind of bowler um, uh, role that they, they need. So if you went in with Travis Head – over Cameron Green, it does leave you a little bit short just because I think Marsh's bowling is a little bit unreliable on the body. It's almost like you need Stoinis and Marsh in the team to balance each other out in terms of who's going to be able to bowl on a on a certain night. I mean, it's concerning for Stoinis. It, like, it doesn't sound like this injury is particularly bad, but he hasn't played a lot of cricket just in the last... Um, well, certainly not in this World Cup and, and also kind of going back and you know, just kind of keep getting these niggles. That's a concern for Australia. Like, I know they're only playing the Netherlands tonight and it didn't matter, but um, come the business end of the tournament, they want him firing. They want a reliable guy um, because I, I just think that they need him. I think they're going in it's light with, with just Marsh and okay. Stoinis. Yeah. Sorry, just Marsh and Maxwell um, for the back end. Um, but it is an interesting one, I guess, with Travis Head, right? So um, it has a bit of a flow on effect. I mean, Marsh, you know, didn't make any runs tonight, but him and Warner are going really well as an opening pair. And then not only do you knock Marsh down to three when Head comes back, you kind of have then two left-handers opening the batting together. That can work. But, you know, I mean, tonight that could have been a f more effective for the Netherlands opening with two off-spinners, kind of having two left-handers to target. It also then pushes Steve Smith down to four. And I think he likes batting at three more than four, but... Um, yeah, Mitch Marsh is just a better one-day batsman at the moment. I think that's kind of inarguable, as great as Steve Smith's record's been. Louis, moment of the day, we've left it late. Do you have one for me? Or it's all yours today, Josh. Look, I'm I'm just warming myself into the tournament. I'm you know like Marcus Stoinis in his first game of the tournament against India. He didn't come in straight away, so just think of me as the Marcus Stoinis. Okay, my pipes aren't quite <laughs> obviously as big. physically similar. Physically, yeah. not quite the same. Yeah, I'm a bit skinnier, but um, just ease me into the tournament, Josh, with your moment of the day well my moment of the day brought to you by the light show here tonight in delhi which mm. was very um i'm not even sure how you describe the light show it was on and off and on and off but that's not my moment oh, of right. the day yes. okay well let's talk about that afterwards okay give yes. us your moment of the day first glenn maxwell wasn't too happy with it but yeah. maybe we can cross to his grab on that as well my moment of the day is glenn maxwell getting to the century as you said he needed 25 with two overs left baz delita came on and uh he absolutely he absolutely tailed him up, didn't he? Four runs off the first ball of the over, four off the second, and then a couple of full tosses. Well, sorry, the third one wasn't was the full toss, but the fourth and the fifth were, you said they went over the grandstand at deep backwards square leg. I think the second one... Went over the scoreboard at backwards Oh, sorry, square leg. the scoreboard, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So 
Um, impressive hits and a great celebration as well from Maxwell. Ripped off the helmet, as you said, rocking the baby celebration. And a uh, good reward for Maxwell, who, funnily enough, also held the record for Australia's fastest ODI century. He hit that eight years ago at the, mm. at the Australian World Cup. And it just shows his longevity that he's able to better himself eight years on. And he nearly had an epileptic fit tonight because he was he was covering his eyes when the, this light. I mean, we've got to describe the light show because it wouldn't have been on TV uh, because I think they took an extended drinks break but or, or some kind of break just because to do this light show and there was some reference on the scoreboard. It was an Indian thing. Okay. might have been a Bollywood thing. went over our heads, obviously. Uh, and they were kind of doing a song and they were basically flashing, turning the big floodlights on yeah, the and big, off. Yeah, the big lights, yeah. Yeah, so Maxwell was kind of covering his eyes while it kind of all went down um, and the crowd were loving it. They had their torches on um, but just like <laughs> they were in a – when you consider the first innings when uh, Smith and Warner batted for quite a long time together, they're having all these breaks. Warner keeps changing his helmet. Um, he keeps get, getting his bat changed for some reason and uh, the umpires are on them all the time, like, come on, guys, like, stop having a drink after every over. And then you just pour, have the game paused for about <laughs> 10 minutes while everyone's ready to go. I mean, just get the, get the game going, guys, please. Um, so that was a, an interesting moment. Yeah, Maxwell had some interesting thoughts on that, so why don't we listen to what he had to say about the Delhi light show? Uh, well, I had something like that light show similar happened in at Perth Stadium during a Big Bash game and I just found like it gave me shocking headaches and it takes me a while for my eyes to readjust and I just think it's the dumbest idea for cricketers when you've got this thing coming at you quickly it's and your eyes take so long to adjust and I think we just lost a wicket and they the Perth Stadium lights went shock, like nuts and I was at the other end and it took me ages to like get my eyes to go again and felt like I had a headache so I just I just try and cover up as much as I possibly can and ignore it, but it's a, it's a horrible, horrible idea. Great for the fans, horrible for the players. All right, that's a wrap from Delhi. Australia has secured a 309-run victory over the Netherlands. It keeps them in fourth position, but it's a nice boost to their nut... Their nut run rate. Their nut run rate, that's right. <laughs> so Australia now will take on New Zealand in Dharmashala a couple of days later. And uh, we'll catch you after that match recap on the Unplayable Podcast. Speak to you from the mountains. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.